Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome back to The Ralph Report. So happy you've decided once again to join us today on February 18th. It is Tuesday, February 18th, and I'm your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. Sitting here in the Batcave with me is the owner of a brand new television set. (laughs) He is the vice host himself, (laughs) Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo ho, Eddie! Yo ho, Eddie! Hey, how's it going? People are dying to know what a, what what'd you get? What kind of TV oh, did you I, get? You had to replace your television set. I made wiring mine. Made a horrible mistake. Oh uh, god! Here we go. <laughs> I went. We Why got, can't anything be easy with you? Because it's me. So I go uh, and I we have the we have the the forerunner which we put the thing in the back so tracing colton stayed home so i went and it was my responsibility to buy the tv at costco so right, i go right and i see the 75 inch because that's what i wanted oh, so i bought the 75 inch yeah the big and the big one so i get it home and it's too big for the the tv stand <laughs> and it's aren't those the kind of things that you suss out before well, you we make were, your purchase we were we kind of had agreed on the 65 inch but when I got there, I was like, you know what? What's 10 more inches? That's what she said. <laughs> so I went. And with you, 10 inches is three. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's a little bit more than I thought. Uh, so we got, I got it home. We unpacked it, and we put it up, and it wouldn't fill the TV stand, so we had to put it on the floor. And I was like, okay, well, maybe we'll just get a bigger TV stand. That would make right? sense, yeah. And then so I turned it on, and it's so big. That, that Tracy started having a panic attack because they're so it's so large. She's it's like, I way can't too much TV she, for the room. She, she feels like she's being attacked by the television. So I, I'm now she's not living in the Cinerama dome. Yeah, it's exactly. It's almost an IMAX in our. Apartment. Oh dear God! I love it. I think it's amazing, and of I want to keep do. it. But uh, we have to return it and get the 65 inch. Oh my God! Um, so you have to. Box I got to I got to box this big ass thing back up and figure out a way to get it back into the truck and back to Costco and then just exchange it for this for the original 65 inch that we should have gotten but I was overzealous and got the 75 inch. Look, I'm no <laughs> I'm no Best Buy Geek Squad member, but it seems to me that you get out the tape Tape yeah. measure and you you kind of uh, measure off the space that you're working with and then you decide the size but TV that would go in there. That's not how I live my life. I kind of just go and see what I want and I get it. <sighs> and then uh, I got it home and it was just, it's just too much TV for it's, the room. That's nuts. It's an IMAX screen in my apartment, which I love, but she gets panic attacks when we turn on the TV. What? What is she afraid of? I don't know. She Well, first of all, she's too much. Is it like a, is it a, it's over- a an overload of sensory experience. For it's her? a lot of television. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, I even I admit it's a lot of television. But I like a movie. I like the movie theater experience. Sure, she doesn't care for it as much. She feels like she's being attacked by Doctor Phil or whoever she's watching on. Well, the TV. that's understandable. He's and terrifying. He's on terrifying, a small screen. Terrifying on a on an iPhone. 
But uh, so, yeah, I made a horrible mistake. And now I have to uh, go take it back and get a normal size television. What did the kid think? What was his reaction? He loved it. I'm sure. He loved it because it's as tall as him on well, the floor. Well, it's two to one then. Yes. <laughs> she loses. Well, that's not how marriages work. Yeah. You know that. Well, I don't, obviously. <laughs> so It's just a lot of TV. It's a lot. But uh, it'll get corrected. I'm still pushing to get a bigger TV stand. <laughs> that's that's the way I'm trying to push well, she's it. She's not going to go for that. I just well, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's 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 a lot of TV. You're a miracle. It's a lot of TV. Did you at least give her a good birthday yesterday? Did yes, you treat we, her right and we, get her a meal? And, we went up to Malibu and we hiked. Uh, she likes going up to Malibu and hiking around and watching the sunset. And there's a nice. fish place right there on the water. She likes to eat at. Did you say so. at the time? Oh, isn't this sunset too much sunset for you? Is the is the like, expansive horizon way too large yeah, for your eyes? Look at the ocean. You're not getting a panic attack from that. You want to look through it with a, a toilet paper roll to sort of <laughs> narrow your scope of vision? You know what? I should have brought that up. That would have been should've. a good idea. Said, oh, I see. Now this giant expansive vision isn't too much for you now here in Malibu, but you know in what? our home, apparently you have problems. I'm going to go home today and make that argument. Yeah, trust me, Eddie. <laughs> trust me on this one. I'm a man who knows how to make a marriage work. Start that fight. That'll that'll end well for everyone. T- Ralph said so, Tracy. That's right. Tell her the expert said so. Well, uh, there you go. So uh, there's the news, everybody. There's the latest in the I, life of I screwed that up. Eddie Pence. Yo ho, Eddie. Yo ho, Eddie. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us today, kids. We're gonna have a really good show for you. Because on the counter, you wanna know why? Well, because it's Tuesday, that means we're gonna take a look at one of your favorite TV theme songs of all time. I have to say, this one we're doing today, I'm a little surprised we didn't get a request for it sooner. Hmm. Now, see, you're younger than me, so this may even have more resonance with you than it does with me. Was it big in the 80s? Yes. Okay, probably. And especially if you grew up in the 80s slash 90s, this will absolutely strike a chord with you in the old nostalgia zone. Even me, and I just watched it flipping through channels, some would sometimes come across it, but this theme song sticks in your head. It is an earworm. Yeah, my, my television sweet spot is like, 80 to 90. That's when I was like elementary school and middle school. I'm that's, guessing that's the sweet spot. I'm guessing this will uh, be a big deal for you then today. Uh, what else we got? Of course, we've got uh, the entertainment news coming up. We've got all your phone calls as well. Before we get any further, I do want to remind folks just a handful of tickets left for Friday's live Ralph Report show at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank, California. If you're in Southern California, come on out and spend the evening with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Steve Ashton has promised. A uh, a memorable entrance, as he always does. <laughs> Never disappoints. Steve lands this week. We're looking forward to having him as a uh, as a guest here in the new house. Um, I, Did you I, lay down the pee pads. Well, here's the good news: the uh, the fireplace <laughs> is sealed off with a with a piece of glass oh, in front of it. Well, then you got to need a splatter guard. Well, that's what yeah, I that's need. the problem. Yeah, um, it's going to splatter everywhere now. So that's uh, encouraging. And uh, <laughs> speaking of which, besides the show on Friday, which we're doing, live show, and then meet and greet afterwards, everybody who comes out, we can uh, spend some time together as well. The next day on Saturday, again, I don't know why I do this to myself, but we'd like to take advantage of Ashton being in town and do our live stream event for the month that same weekend. So Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Ooh. Here in Los Angeles, from 9 to 10, we're going to be doing our uh, February live stream event, and that's for all the uh, three- and four-star generals. You can 
Tune in and uh, see us live there, and we answer all your questions. Oh, and, it's going to be rough for you and Steve. Yeah, that's why you're wow. there. That's why oh you're there, God. sober boy. You get to do all the talking while we nap. <laughs> You'll still have better hair than me. Behind you. I don't know about that. Um, yeah, so a lot of stuff going on. A lot of live stuff going on this weekend. Friday night is the live show. Saturday will be the live stream uh, internet event. So we're going to have a good time. Just want to give everybody a heads up. But as always, I'll send out a little note prior to that so you don't miss out and you can uh, load it. Load it in with Crowdcast and make sure you're on board if you want to check it out. All righty. Before we get to the show itself, this is a fascinating topic. It blows me away that we're still discovering new dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. It. You'd think, well, I guess not. It was a long time ago, and I, and a lot of that shit gets buried. And when we come across <laughs> it, it yes, that's when we, <laughs> we find out something. But I thought this was pretty cool. In Canada... They've discovered a new dinosaur in Canada, of all places. You don't think Canada. You don't think necessarily dinosaurs. Well, I went when I, I went to. I've been the Calgary Comedy Cave a couple times, and there's I'm sorry, a, you're the what? Now? The Calgary Comedy Cave. It's just a. It's just the a, Calgary Comedy Cave. Yes, that's what I. I've, do they have fossils in the cave? No, they do you, don't. Do you there's, run across there's them some drawings on, on the wall when you're on stage. <laughs> Is it an actual cave? No, oh. it might as well be. Okay. It might as well. So the Calgary Comedy Cave. But anyway, I went up there, and it, like just north of that of Calgary, there's a huge dinosaur like uh, excavation area where that's where they found a lot of, uh, there's like tons of dinosaurs in this one area. I'm so glad you had that information because I, again, I didn't think of Canada yeah. as a hotbed of fossil it activity. It really is. But that's, that would be, that would make sense. <laughs> yeah. If there were, if there were, Dinosaurs roaming what we now call North America, it would make sense that they would be up there to yeah. the uh, to the north of us. Yeah. Hmm, look so, at you. I was shocked by it too. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, the reason I got excited is because they've discovered a new basically it's like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. It's a close relation to the T Rex. Yeah. There it is now. It's called the Thanatothericists. I'm absolutely sure I'm Nailed saying it. that correct. <laughs> it's the Thanatotheristus digrutorium. Well, that's sounds, not right. Let me try ominous. that one more time. The Thanatotheristus degratorum. There ah, we go. Is there a nickname for it? There is. Okay, good. The Reaper of Death. <laughs> the Reaper of Death is what they're calling it. <laughs> Has there is there a cooler name for a dinosaur than the Reaper of Death? That's pretty much uh, sums it up. Or how bad that dinosaur probably was. The uh, the dinosaur, they say, was about 27 feet long. Close relative, as I mentioned, to the T-Rex. And it was a, uh, it was the, obviously, the Reaper of Death is what it Just was. Frightening. A large apex predator of its time. Had a longer snout, too, Canada. I think. That's what they're yeah. saying, yeah. Uh, it, it roamed Canada roughly 79.5 million years ago. Before the rise of the Tyrannosaur domination, as they call that era <laughs> in uh, in history, but they said they took them years of studying the uh, the bones and the and the fossils to make sure because I guess at a certain point they all look pretty similar and you need to break it down to make sure you've truly discovered a new species of right. dinosaur and it's not just a variation or a size difference in terms of something that already exists. Yeah, because if there. I saw dinosaur bones, I'm like, oh, wow, look, Man, a dinosaur. It's a dinosaur. <laughs> it's just a dinosaur. One of those dinosaurs that we all see in <laughs> Jurassic Park. <laughs> this is a new one. So congratulations to all our listeners up there in Canada with job, the, uh, the Thanatotheristus degratorum. Hey. Oh, yeah. 
Give me some poutine. That's what he's saying in dinosaur. <laughs> so congratulations to everybody up there in uh, Alberta, I guess. Calgary. Yeah. Alberta. Yeah. University of Calgary. The Royal Terrell Museum That's of where Paleontology. That's where I went. You did. I did too. You're just saying I visited. stuff now because you know I know nothing about this, and now you're saying no. Oh, I went. I I discovered something. I I look. I took a I took a I took a home. day trip up there. I went there, and then I went to the Gopher Museum. You are a goddamn miracle. <laughs> There's a museum in Calgary dedicated to gophers. Oh my! God. And it's just some little old lady in her house, and she just stuffs gophers and puts them in uh, terrariums. All right, now you're just making. I shit have photographic up. evidence. You're in a place that has a lot to offer. Why are you spending time in a goddamn gopher museum? Because it's I don't know. I was up there for a week. See, this is what happens when you don't drink. You do things. You end up doing shit like the goddamn gopher museum. <laughs> Fuck you, Eddie. Pretty amazing. Jesus. It's pretty Eddie, amazing. What have you done for me lately? Going to the Gopher Museum. World famous, it said. It's not world it famous. It said world famous. Cost me $2 or a, a Tui. What do they call them? A Tui? Toonie. Toonie. That's what it cost tui. me. Tui. Ratatui. Cost me a Toonie. <laughs> toonie. Well, how long ago would you go to the Gopher Museum? 2015? Oh, so this is a fairly recent. Fairly trip. recent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you feel like a just a smacked ass? When you gave them a toonie and went in and looked around a woman's house who had stuffed gophers in terrariums. I had to. Did you it, feel like a giant asshole? No, what made me feel like a giant asshole, it was in a neighborhood and I had to knock on her door and then she walked me to the other house down the street. And well, then we no, went. you don't want to keep your gophers in your domestic Because uh, it's not atmosphere. open all the time. It's not no. open all the time. Of course not. You just no. have, it's a special You know tour. why? Because nobody goes to the gopher museum world famous that's why it's never open that's why you can only get there by knocking on the lady's house and saying can you open up the gopher museum and she goes really (laughs) seriously you actually really want to see it they had merchandise of course they did i didn't buy any oh man it's it's spectacular there's like 80 dead gophers no no (laughs) no 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 nope no. 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 I'll show you no. a picture. I'll show no, you a picture. No. I'm all good. All right. Let's let's move sorry. on as quickly as possible. Sorry. I derailed the ride. I'm sorry. To you guys, the Garmy, we love it when you reach out to us. Please don't bother if you've been to the Gopher Museum. We don't need any. Oh, somebody need, does. We don't need more Gopher talk. <laughs> Love it when you reach out to us. You can write us emails, ralph at theralphreport.com, Steve or Eddie at that same email address, always available on social media as well. Or if you'd like to leave a voicemail message, well, you're in luck. Because 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we have the Ralph Report hotline available to you. You simply have to dial the phone number one 833 Always happy to hear from you. I listen to all of them, and I usually grab a handful of ones that catch my attention, and we slap them here at the top of the show in a segment called Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ross gonna play your calls now and see what's on your mind. You know, um... We talked last week to a gentleman from Canada who discovered that his wife was cheating on him in the worst way. Oh, yes. And yet he never divulged what that worst way the was. The great mystery. Yes. yes. And I have not heard back from him. Oh, but in man. all fairness, he was getting his uh, tubes untied, reconnected. Yes, re- 
connected yet. Yeah. However they they do don't it. tie them up. They just clamp them off, don't they? No, they uh, they uh, they singe through and they burn through. Do they? Because yeah. I, I went in for a, I went in for a consultation. And I bailed. You bailed on the consultation because well, the guy the guy pinched me where they're supposed to do it to give me like this is well, what that's it, where they make the incision. Right. He's like they this. go through with like a like a knitting needle. It's got like a little hook. Yeah, on it. I know. They pull the tube <laughs> out and then Let's I stop. think they cauterize mm. it, oh, which uh, severs the tube ah. and keeps it from flowing. He just lightly pinched me where they're going to make the incision. He's like it'll feel something like this, and right. I was like, okay, we're done. Oh my god! Literally felt like I literally felt like I got kicked in the balls for like eight hours that day. It hurt that bad. This guy, I don't think he was a professional. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this guy's just grabbing your nuts. It was behind a Wendy's. I don't yeah. know what was going on. Yeah, it may not have been <laughs> the top of the line. Would you get this at Costco too? <laughs> Along with your TV set? <laughs> um, yeah, so he, he's probably healing up and he probably Oof. hasn't gotten back to yeah. us yet. But it has opened a floodgates of people telling their stories about how they discovered bad things about their significant others. Yeah. And I got an email from somebody who said, please don't do this topic. There's nothing entertaining or funny about um, adultery, he said to me. And I was like, well, you've misjudged me, sir. That wasn't the intent of this was no. to make light of it or make fun of it. But I think it is sort of a fascinating human reaction when you hear someone going through something like that. Yeah. It's, if anything, it's sympathy and empathy, I think. Yes. And it's also cathartic for the storyteller, I in would, my opinion. I would think the more someone talks about it, the easier it is for them to deal with it and process That's it. That's my position. So I'm ignoring the pleas not to do this segment. <laughs> and I wanted to play this email from a gentleman who did not identify himself. And I can't say I blame him. But wait till you hear this story. Talk about the worst way. Mm. Hey, Ralph. Eddie, calling in to uh, talk about the... Uh, horrible things that you may have found out from your significant other. Um, so, uh, long story short, I was uh, with a woman for seven years, engaged for five. She would uh, never want to set a date, and I guess that should have been the first sign of trouble. Mm -hmm. But, um, as one day, she was just kind of giving me this runabout BS story going to hang out with some girlfriends from work mm -hmm. and uh, it didn't make any sense because of some things she said about a couple of those girlfriends before just didn't add up so um, she was dumb enough to tell me where she was going uh, and uh, yeah that was the first time I ever felt like uh, I should doubt what was going on and I tied it with my gut so I went down to where she said that she was going to be and sure enough, she was at the bar with a guy, mm. and uh, I confronted her, and she just gave me this um, another lie, and uh, then I went to work. And I was just at work, distraught, feeling awful, couldn't focus, you know, and um, you know, I felt like my whole world was coming down on me at that point, but uh, I asked to leave work early, and um, went home to, to our apartment, uh, put my key in, kind of slowly and open the door right. quickly yep and sure enough i walk in and there she is on the couch with a completely different guy different guy than i saw her that afternoon oh. at that bar a two going at it oh so oh i i caught her cheating on me twice i guess and uh then my world really came crashing down on me um hmm. yeah that's my uh horrible way of finding out someone was cheating on me all right lmb all right then oh 
Man. Can you imagine twice oh. in the same day with two different people? Mm, dude, you're better off. Of course he is. So much yeah, that goes without saying. Like, that's a blessing. But you think you know where that story's going, and oh, then no. when he opens the door and he looks Different in, dude. can you imagine how oh. his head exploded? First of all, he couldn't have been surprised to see her on the couch with someone after what had happened earlier. That's probably in the what he was day. expecting to right. see. That's why he put Did the key slowly. in slowly, flew open the door to catch them in the act, and then when his eyes focused and he recognized it was a completely wow. different dude. Wow. Man. That is a special kind that's a, of oof, deceit. That's brutal. That was nuts. She sucks. That was literally the worst way Ugh. you could find out. You know what she needs? What? The god Shizmu. She to put her head into a wine <laughs> press. The wrath of Shizmu should be stricken down the I Gotta her. say, I'm feeling the love for <laughs> Shizmu. Yesterday we talked about my new favorite ancient Egyptian god, yes. Shizmu, who is... Well, I'll let Craig describe because I think I've got a disciple now. He's going to be joining my church of Shizmu. Hey, Ralph. It's uh, Craig from Fox Island. And uh, I'm loving the story about Shizmu. Right? I, being an atheist, I think now I'm going to have to uh, worship this god. Yes. The god of wine, perfume, right. execution, slaughter, yes. blood. I mean, that's amazing. Right? <laughs> Maybe you could say that Shizmu was the shizmet. Ah. Ah. Yeah. All right, I'll see myself out. Yeah, Shizmu was the Shiznit. I don't think Shizmu would have liked that joke. Sing a song for Shizmu. Sing a song for Shizmu. <laughs> That's going to be our hymn in the church of Shizmu. I'm totally starting a church. Someone needs to design a Shizmu shirt for hell the Ralph Report yes. fan page. I need to worship <laughs> Shizmu. All hell Shizmu. And why not, really? <laughs> At this point. At this point, we're all circling the drain as a society anyway. Let's just start picking our own unique gods. It used to work for the Romans and the Greeks. Well, you could choose a god. You didn't have to pick the one everyone else was talking about. Isn't most religion just picking and choosing what you want to believe anyway? Absolutely. So why not just go with Shizmu? Shizmu, the, the, the man, half man, half lion, <laughs> god of wine and slaughter. Yeah, please. Yeah, sounds as good as any of the other ones. And... There must be some tax exemption, I would think, at some point. Church of Shizmu, yes. If I make this podcast the official podcast of the Church of Shizmu. You could write the whole thing off. That's what I'm saying. So. <laughs> Sing a song for Shizmu. That's what I'm saying. Um, yesterday, we also talked about cabbage. Mm. Yes. Yes, we did. Cabbage is awesome. It's Eddie okay. Pence does it's- it's Eats okay. it in, in certain circumstances. Yes, it's okay. But what I got upset about, what? and listen, I'm, I'm a guy, no one likes to be wrong. But when I'm called out on something, if yeah. I give out bad information, yeah. I really go out of my way to try to correct myself and straighten myself. <laughs> right. This guy, this dude, with his attitude, I don't care for it at all. Oh, man. I think you guys need to rewind the show tranked out yourselves when you're talking about caboose caboose that is not head in french what planet what uh i live in montreal head in french is yes t-e-t-e so just tranked ourselves get over with lmb bye i don't think first of all you lmb us at all and second of all, that attitude. That was, yeah, that was harsh, man. I mentioned that the word cabbage, which we refer to the vegetable in the present day, comes from the old French word for head, which is cabouche. Yeah. Now, I also mentioned that tete is the current. Yes, you did say that. The current word that most French speakers yes. use for head. But cabouche is actually the word. <laughs> 
that was accepted in the middle in the Middle Ages from the old Picard dialect of Old French. Head, the word for head in French was caboche. And I'll have you know, it is still used today by French-speaking people as a slang word for head. Yes. Like if you have a headache, for example, this is how you would say it in French if you weren't being so formal to call your head a tête, you would say this. J'ai mal à la caboche. There you go. J'ai mal à la caboche. J'ai mal à la caboche. J'ai mal à la caboche. It means I have a headache. Caboche is like noggin or... Right. Melon yeah. or whatever we say is like a, a slang word for head. for head. But it's absolutely a viable word for head. Should trank dart that dude. That's what I'm saying. This guy deserves the trank dart. So here you go, sir. We're not trank darting <laughs> us. We're going to trank dart you. How do you like that? Here you go. Oh, man. I think you guys need to <laughs> rewind the show. Trank dart yourselves when you're talking about caboose. That is not heavy in French. There you go. Uh, Screw you, pal. Justice. With your attitude. You got trank darted. Ha! How about that? The wrath of Shizmu. That's right. Shizmu struck you down. <laughs> as should be. You put your head in a wine press. Drink your blood. Your caboose. <laughs> your caboose. <laughs> um, also, yesterday, we, we had a burning question. <laughs> About whether it is acceptable to eat ice cream when it's uh, only a semi-solid, when you kind of mix it into sort of a a pasty. You said a soup. Well, it's a soup. It's like a thick like soup. Like a thick soup. It's not yes. ice cream anymore. It is ice cream, mm. and it's perfectly acceptable. And everyone who knows anything about anything knows it's delicious. Mm. And Eddie was balking, starting off a, a war between... The hard ice creamers and the soft ice creamers. And a lot of people were upset with yesterday's burning question. Fart in a blanket. Like Steve. Hey, guys. Steve from Boston. Haven't called in a while. Hey, Steve. But, uh, after listening to uh, Eddie, not like ice cream soup, Eddie, man, how do you, you can't enjoy life, man. Right. You can't enjoy the little things. Yes. I started doing that when I was a kid, mixing around with my spoon, turning it into a paste. Mm. Oh, I still do it to this day. Man. Yeah. It's the only way to eat ice cream. Right. So, Eddie, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. The girlfriend's wrong. Right. Ralph, me and you and the boyfriend are right. Thank you, Steve. All right, guys. Have a great day. Uh, I love you both, but Eddie, you're wrong. Right. All right. See ya. Eddie is wrong. Yes. I stand by my opinion. Everyone loves the, the soupy ice not cream. Not everyone. Everyone There is not everyone, it. no. Eddie's got very strict rules about how you can eat ice cream. I, it's just not ice cream. Caught a lot of people's attention. Mm. This phone call, by the way, was the most common comment on that topic. <laughs> Ralphie boy. Yeah. Melted ice cream. Mm-hmm. Drunk Eddie's thoughts. Okay. Please. You got it. LMB. Yeah. Eddie's very, <laughs> very aggressive about how to eat ice cream. For those of you who are new to the show, what Eddie Pence... Um, makes up for in passion <laughs> he loses in the sense that he has never had a drink in his life and so we have found out if you take him and you slow him down by half speed he sounds like a drunk opinionated guy <laughs> at your local corner bar and that has led us to a segment called eddie's drunk thoughts i can't see that close up something a foot from your face it's gross eddie's drunk thoughts i'm fine yeah my teeth are working (laughs) all right here's eddie's drunk thoughts on the only way to eat ice cream 
It's an option. You don't do it all the time, but it's a little fun, especially when I was a kid. I used to love to let it get... Then let get a milkshake. <laughs> it's like a milkshake. That's right. Then get a milkshake. But you're eating it with a spoon. Then get a Frosty from Wendy's. Why can't I just do it myself? Why do I have to go somewhere and do and pay someone to do it? Because it's not the same. It is. It's it a, gets warm. It's exactly the same, and it's not warm. It's not cold, or it'd still be ice cream. <laughs> it's right. It's in between. <laughs> no, it it's is in between. If it is warm and cold, if it is cool, soupy, <laughs> it is formerly ice cream. It's a cool, smooth concoction no. that is enormously no. satisfying no. and no. delicious. No, no, no. There you go. <laughs> no, no, no. Drunk Eddie's rules on ice cream. No, 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 no. Thanks to everybody who <laughs> called in. You too can be featured in this segment, but you know what you got to do? You got to call me. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash The Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. All righty, now it's time for us to take a look in the rearview mirror and find out what happened on February 18th, this day in history. Ralph's about to solve another mystery Like is today the day some dude invented Listerine Or maybe a tyrant king married his sister queen Who knows, every day seems to be an anniversary The Garmy's rubbing Ralph's lamp So grant our wishes, please And tell us what went down this day in history Alrighty, on this day, February 18th in 1268 The year 1268 Mm Mm-hmm the Livonian Brothers of the Sword were defeated Ooh. by Dovemont of Scove in the Battle of Rakovor. Oh, my God. That's, right? I want to see that movie. I have no idea what any of those no, words but... mean, but it may be the coolest sentence I've ever oh spoken. Oh, my God. The Livonian <laughs> Brothers of the Sword are defeated by Dovemont of Scove Oof. in the Battle of Rakovor. I'm hard. Right? Oh, my God. My God, it just... <laughs> All hail Shizmu. Oh, my God. There's just lava and smoke oh, everywhere. You no, know, there was just dragons oh. and things were happening. Fur and pelts and madness. axes. It's the greatest story. <laughs> if I read that <laughs> on Netflix, I would have to watch that film You would have to. Right? Watch it. I have no idea what any of that means, but it <laughs> sounded really cool. All right. On this day in 1478, George Planaget. Nah, I knew what I was going to fuck that up. George... Planted it. Mm-hmm. Plant? Plantagenet. Plantagenet. Ah, I knew it. Of course. I knew I'd come around. <laughs> 1478, George Plantagenet. Plantagenet. Now I, now Plantagenet. I now I dropped it again. Plantagenet. George Plantagenet. There you go. The Duke of Clarence. 
He died. He was the brother of Edward IV, mm. whom he was accused of plotting against. So oh. his brother threw him into the Tower of London and, rumor has it, drowned him in a large cask of wine. Oh, my God. What a way to go. Wow. I tried to drink my way out of there before I drowned. <laughs> That's how Shizmu kills That's people. That's how Shizmu kills people. First, he puts your head in a wine press, and then he drowns you in wine. On this day in 1626... Francesco Ridi was born. Hey, Francesco, how you do? You're a good boy. You're Francesco Ridi. He was the first to demonstrate, Eddie, that maggots did not spontaneously generate on rotting food, but actually came from the eggs of flies. Oh, oh okay. Up until that point, they thought maggots just, just appeared. came out of the meat? Yes. That's weird. That's really where they thought they came Oof. from. And then he said, wait, it's got to be. Can't be. Can't just be spontaneously That's generating. Gross. So he realized that flies were uh, laying their eggs, and the maggot was actually the fly larva. Right? Larva, yeah. 1787. By the way, you're lucky because I found a cheese mm -hmm. in Italy. Yeah. That is pecorino cheese, that really uh, sharp, smelly sort of mm -hmm. uh, Parmesan cheese. Yeah. Oh, oh, feet. That they leave out to rot oh. so that the maggots get into it. And then they eat the cheese while the maggots are alive. What the, the fuck is wrong with people? It's a delicacy. That's not a delicacy. It's rotted food. <laughs> it's a delicacy in Italy. And it's I was, not, going, no, I was uh, going to use that as the food of the day. Oh, you. Oh. And I said, what's the point? No, there's that's, no this, point in this, that. This, that's, by the time I got it halfway out. You wouldn't get to the would, description. Everybody would know the answer. Fucking rotted food. They people. say the maggots drop off the cheese. Oh, is that what they say? And it makes it a delicacy. <laughs> as you're eating it. Fucking people. <laughs> fucking stupid people. <laughs> rotted food. It's now against the law, apparently, in Italy. Because it's rotted that. food. But you can still get it on the black market, oh, they say. Or the back of your refrigerator. <laughs> In 1787, the Holy Roman Emperor Joseph II banned children under the age of eight from doing any labor. Oh, that's nice. That should be done. But yeah. once you turn eight. Oh, get to work, <laughs> you bastards. In 1861, Confederate President Jefferson Davis was inaugurated mm. at Montgomery, Alabama, became the president of the South. That's normal. Yeah, that's normal. 1876, the direct telegraph link established between Britain and New Zealand was finally available oh. so you could telegraph people in New Zealand and say, hey, how the sheep? How's that going for you? In 1879, the sculptor Frédéric Auguste Bartholdi was awarded a patent for his design for the Statue of Liberty. Oh, okay. They had like a little uh, competition there. And Whoever that's what came, he came up with the best with. one, he was yeah. the best one. 1885, Mark Twain published The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn in the United States for the first time. Hmm. In 1913, the French modernist painting Nude Descending a Staircase by Marcel Duchamp caused an uproar when it was shown at a museum in New York City. Because of a naked body? Well, here's the thing. He was a cubist. So if you look at that painting, I would be goddamned if you could find <laughs> the naked lady or the staircase that she's descending in that. I don't know why anybody would have been so upset. Just because it said nude in the title. Because he named it that and yeah. they all freaked out. If he, he named called it anything it, else. If he called it Stack of Boxes in... <laughs> The back alley, then everybody would have been much happier. Uh, in 1930 on this day, ah, oh, good old Elm Farm Ollie. Elm Farm Ollie was the first cow ever to be put on a plane and then milked in air. <laughs> my high club. Elm Farm Ollie was her name. She was a Guernsey cow who produced large quantities of milk, so... As part of the uh, International Air Exposition in St. Louis, Missouri, 
They put her on a plane, a Ford tri-motor, and they flew her up in the sky, and they milked her up just in the middle of the sky. Just to milk her in the air just for no to, other reason than to do it? Just to have the first cow to take flight and the first cow to be milked Why? on the plane. Because, Why Eddie, put the cow it was the International that? Air Exposition, and they uh. wanted to show the magic of air flight, <laughs> and they wanted to see... Do cows give milk when they're flying Why in the air? Why wouldn't they? Well, who knows? It was the it was brand new. God, that's dumb. We didn't know much about air travel. They didn't know a, what the effect would be of a of an animal in in midair. It's about enough you're milking a cow constantly, then to throw it in an airplane, even worse. It gets much better, by the way. This story. Oh, they milked the cow. Yeah. They sealed it into paper envelopes. And then they threw them out of the plane in parachutes to the spectators down below. They who put milk and paper. Who, who could drink the air milk. Oh, Fuck. How exciting was that? It's not pasteurized. You don't get it, man. I do. It was fresh. You don't need to pasteurize uh, it. Yeah. How, how bad can it turn from the, I don't from, know. From the plane to the ground? Lots of stuff can happen. There's maggots. Uh, you got to drink spontaneously that raw milk. Appear. It's good for you. In 1954, on this day, the first Church of Scientology was established here in Los Angeles, California. Oh, good. Yeah. Then they bought everything. Then they did. Now they've got their own TV station. Soon to be in competition with the channel of Shizmu. <laughs> Shizmu. I'll have you. Shizmu TV. Shizmuology. You'll see it. 1960, Walter O'Malley, owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers, purchased a little piece of land called Chavez Ravine. Mm. For the low, low price of $494,000. Displacing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of families. Indeed. Thousands of families, probably. Yes. And then um, he built Dodger Stadium yeah. there. 1973, on this day, a 120-pound octopus was discovered Ooh. in Hood Canal, Washington. It measured 24 feet across. That, across that's frightening. That's a big octopus right there. That's 1977, the space shuttle. Strapped to a Boeing 747, went on its maiden flight. In 1979, the low-altitude areas of the Sahara Desert recorded their first snowfall in history. Hmm. We should have known then something was up. Yeah, something's not right. See, if we were the kind of people who still worship Shizmu, if you got snow in the desert, we'd be like, this is a fucking omen of some shit. We have to change our ways. Shizmu is mad. Shizmu is <laughs> going to be pissed. we got to sacrifice some rich people. Indeed. <laughs> and speaking of sacrificing rich people, in 2005 on this day, the ban on fox hunting with dogs became effective in England oh, and Wales. Good. You weren't able to hunt down a poor defenseless little fox by having him terrified yeah. by dogs nipping at his heels. Yeah. How was that hunting? What a Send, cruel, cruel one animal that is. after another animal and then killing it. So mean. All right. On this day in 1735, we find our food-related day in history. You know what happens. I talk about the food. Then we pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine to see if it's something he would eat or not. Uh, on this day in 1735, the very first opera was performed in America. Mm. It was called Flora, and it was performed in Charleston, South Carolina. Here's a little bit of the actual not the actual opera, because they did not record it in 1735, I'm <laughs> guessing. But here's a little piece of Flora, the opera they heard for the first time in America on that day. As starved for entertainment as they wow. may have been in Charleston, South Carolina, I can't imagine anybody was pleased wow. with that. That's brutal. It was indeed. 
<laughs> Charleston, South Carolina, by the way, is one of the centers of true Southern cooking. Defined by its coastal location and its soul flu influence, it is still considered one of the great food cities in the South. It's got all those classics that you can get along the um, the uh, coastal South there, like shrimp and grits, for example, is a staple there in Charleston, South Carolina. But one of the things that they are most known for is a unique Charleston food that is available in many of the restaurants there, and uh, it is called she-crab soup. She-crab soup. They call it Charleston's answer to New England's clam chowder. This luxurious soup can be found on countless menus throughout the Charleston area, but they say that 82 Queen is the name of the restaurant in downtown Charleston has the particularly famous recipe for she-crab soup. Here's how you make it. Crab meat, as you can imagine. Then they add crab roe. Familiar with what crab roe is? No, it's crab roe. Eggs, basically. Okay. Scraped from the inside of a pregnant crab. (laughs) And then you add sherry, a little sherry, which Mm -hmm. is always good in uh, seafood. And then plenty of heavy cream. Mm, Cream. Heavy cream. Melted ice cream. Nope, just heavy That's cream. melted ice cream. And they put it together and it makes like a bisque, a bisque-type <laughs> soup, which is then uh, served piping hot to the people down there in South Carolina who love their she-crab soup, as it's called. Is that something Eddie Pence would eat? Let's find out, shall we, by pulling the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. Here we go. Got one bowl of soup, two bowls of soup. Oh, no she-crab soup. Oh, no. Come on. I, I like crab meat. Mm-hmm. But then you got me with the crab eggs. Look. I didn't like the crab it's eggs. It's just for flavor. If you probably wouldn't even know you're eating it if I didn't tell you. Mm-hmm. And then the heavy cream. I don't oh, need yeah. a heavy creamy with soup. Sherry? No. Don't you like bisques at all? Do you no. ever have lobster bisques? I don't like bisques. I don't like creamy soups. I like a watery soup. Yeah. Like a like a beef stew. That's why you don't like melted ice cream. I, again, because you probably, probably you probably think it's too much like it's creamy just soup. Cold creamy soup. Oh, that's so it's not. I just don't like creamy soup. She crab soup may or may not be on the menu this Friday at the live show. <laughs> going to we'll Charleston? Have, we'll have to wait and see. I got to get on the horn to Charleston, see if they can overnight me some she crab soup. And that's it for today's This Day in History. I pity the fool who ain't been schooled by Ralph recently. He's dropping college level knowledge with such accuracy. It got my head spinning faster than a drunk Eddie. And I'm rocking the back and track with a rap like a bad celebrity. I hope Cooperman loves my beats, cause that rhymes with LMB. And that's a rap for the Ralph Report today in history. 15 cents a day, y'all. Alrighty, now it's time to take a look at all the entertainment news with a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. This was tragic news. Hmm. Uh, Drew Carey's ex-fiance, did you see oh, this Oh, yeah, I read about that. Was uh, killed at her home in Saturday, murdered, according to the L.A. Police Department. Her name was Dr. Amy Harwick, and she was a very well-known Hollywood family and sex therapist. She used to make the rounds quite a bit on television because she was a beautiful woman, as, as, despite being a uh, sex therapist. So you can imagine Hollywood loved having yes. her on shows like The Doctors and things like that. But uh, she had a roommate who called police on Saturday and said that she was being attacked. It turned out it was her ex-boyfriend, who she had a restraining order against for some time that had expired. Yeah, just like last week. And apparently they had seen each other a couple times since it expired, and then he showed up and there was an altercation at the house. Mm. And from what they can piece together, it seems as if she was either pushed or fell off a third-store balcony of her home and landed underneath and then died from her injuries. That's awful. So um, they, they arrested the boyfriend. Gareth Pursehouse is his name, who apparently when he's not busy 
being a character in a Charles Dickens novel is uh, <laughs> killing his ex-girlfriends. He was arrested on Saturday and is uh, currently being held by police. But uh, no, sad news. Terrible story. Yeah, really. And it must be weird for Drew Carey, too, to have to hear that news. Yeah. And you know, the relationship ended, but still you can't still help but feel. Awful. God. All right, let's move on to better news. Adele has announced she plans to release her next album in September. She was at the wedding of one of her best friends, where she was actually officiating, and then she also did a set of uh, some of her biggest hits, like Rolling in the Deep, and some covers like Spice Girls, Spice Up Your Life, and she was really entertaining the crowd, and then she broke the news to them that she is going to have her next album uh, coming out in September. So if you're an Adele fan, that's good news. There you go. This is my favorite story of the week. Harrison Ford has a new movie coming out this weekend called Call of the Wild, yeah, or as I like to call it, it's a Harrison and a dog out there in the wilderness. Looks like just a rousing two hours. Jeez. Animated dog and a grumpy old man. Yeah, what a weird. It's like it's not quite animated, but it certainly isn't realistic no, either. It's not. It's kind of like Sonic the Hedgehog yeah. meets Harrison Ford. I don't know what's happening in that movie. <laughs> Don't either. Just grumpy. Come on, bit. Buck. You're gonna go out there and you're gonna get all the things going. You know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, he is being interviewed a ton to uh, promote this film. As you can imagine, questions when he's being interviewed somehow work their way back to Star Wars. Believe I don't it or know not. why they ask him because he hates it. They, but they do it anyway. He's not the biggest fan no. of the franchise no, he's or the universe, and they tend to ask him nerdy kind yes, of questions. Yes, I don't know why they do it. And he's not the go-to guy. No. He's not Hamill who has no. a, a, a pithy answer or something something insightful to say. Hamill leans into it. Yes. Harrison Ford, not so much. Anyway, they asked him about his surprising appearance in Star Wars spoilers, if you haven't seen it. <laughs> uh, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. He has a scene that where he returns from the dead, apparently, to spend some time with his son Kylo Ren, Adam Driver's character in there. They, they set it up as if it is Kylo's memory of his father come to yeah. life and he's confronted with the uh, the horrible thing he did to his father yeah. in a previous film. I'm, I almost feel like it's maybe Leia is projecting a Force vision for Kylo Ren so he can turn. There's a lot of different, lot of different speculation yes, on that's what, exactly That's what it feels like to me. I don't know it. if it is, but... Yeah. Yeah. So they asked the man himself. They asked Harrison Ford. First of all, how did he get the, the role? And he said... When J.J. asked me to do it, I was like, are you kidding? I'm dead. And then J.J. said, uh, we can do this. It's going to be great. And he says, if J.J. asks you to do something, you probably do it because he's a very persuasive guy. And then the writer at USA Today said a lot of people are uh, debating over whether you are a force ghost or not. Since, of course, Han Solo, not a Jedi and not overly force sensitive. So if you were to come back as a force ghost, you would be in the league with Yoda and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, you can imagine Harrison Ford's response to that question. He said, a, a force ghost? I don't know what a force ghost is. And then the reporter says he started going into a whisper. Don't tell anyone. And I'm not talking loud enough for your recorder. But I have no fucking idea what a force ghost is. And I don't care, he said. He's lovely. He's the best. That's why Harrison Ford is our favorite. Uh, don't tell anyone. I'm not talking about Nami Recorder. I have no fucking idea what I was going to do. I don't care. He said. And he crashed his plane. Yeah, he crashed his plane. Yeah. And what did he have of the career he had without Star Wars? Uh, look, he's he's come back. He's done the, done the movies. You can't, I know, you can't, but like... You can't 
make him love it I the know. way you love it. But would he have been Indiana Jones if he wasn't Han Solo? Probably not. Probably not. But I think his point of view is they're just roles and they're I just know, movies, but... and he doesn't really get into the in-depth conversation about I force know. ghosts and what I have know. you. I know. But it's just it's, like it's you could a act a little time. bit like What it's... could he say? I don't know. Yes, like, I am a force ghost. No, just take time to be involved in a little bit. You know what? I'm actually not a force ghost. It's probably a memory from Kylo Ren. My only concern God is... Damn it. My concern is they should have asked him about his mitochloridians. <laughs> Midichlorians? Yeah, the midichlorians. <laughs> they should have said, what is Han Solo's midichlorian count? And perhaps even taken a blood sample there during the interview with us weekly or whatever this, this thing was. And we could have got a definitive answer as to how much force sensitivity he covers. And then we could know the combination with his blood and Leia's blood. Of course, she is just chock full of midichlorians. Then we would know why Kylo Ren was so particularly strong with the force energy which he possessed. So your theory is Han Solo was force sensitive. That's why they created such a powerful I think that's son. obvious. If, and <laughs> okay. we, if we could just could have gotten an answer from Harrison right. Ford, then I think we would know the proper answer. I'm saying we should have taken some blood from the man while we had him in this particular interview. Why is that? He's an actor. He's we not really held Han him Solo. Down. You understand? We should have held him down and opened up a vein. <laughs> Mark Hamill doesn't have midichlorians either. I you would know have that, bitten right? into oh, his arm, drawn some blood, and then spit it into a vial and sent it off to 23andMe <laughs> to see what his midichlorian count was. That would have been your DNA mixed with his then. Well, don't even get me started on my particular midichlorian count, because it is up there, boyo. <laughs> Sorry. Now I have to go. Okay. All right. All right. We'll see you later, Roland. <laughs> takes it very seriously. Wow, he does. Sure does. I thought I was a Star Wars fan. Yeah. And uh, did you watch any of the NBA All-Star game over the weekend? I missed uh, all of it. I, I did, too. I'm not a, a big basketball guy. Now I'm kind of sorry I missed it, however, because Chaka Khan <gasps> was the Khan. celebrity guest to sing the national anthem oh. before the kickoff of the game. I didn't know that. And the All-Star game has a long storied history with asking the wrong people to sing. Yes. The national anthem. Fergie famously Fergie. butchered our national anthem before an all-star game. And now Shaka Khan said, hold my beer. Apparently, <laughs> here's a little bit of Shaka Khan's uh, work. She is getting, I don't want to say uh, raked over the coals or roasted for her performance. But I got to tell you, it's not good. So Damn. I, wow. Uh, she didn't really do her job because I recognized a few of the notes yeah, in there as being from that song. Well, if you go up and down as much as she did, you're going to hit a couple of the notes. 
Good lord in heaven. On the way up or way down. Congratulations, Chuck Khan. <laughs> Take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on this day, February 18th. Speaking of singers, Yoko Ono. She is 87 years old oh. today. Famously half of the, uh, the pairing of John Lennon and Yoko Ono, of course. Here's a little Yoko singing, by the way. getting strangled that's an original i wish <laughs> at least the nba knows exactly who to call next that's year true for the, uh, oh can you imagine happen. yes i can oh, i'll be a brilliant praise cheese move let's make it happen <laughs> actress sybil shepherd is 70 years old today actor john travolta is so weird he's 66 who where uh game show hostess vanna white is 63 years old drummer robbie bachman of Bachman Turner Overdrive is 67 today. Cowbell is a lost instrument. Yes. Not enough cowbell anymore. Not anymore, anyway. Actor Matt Dillon is 56. Molly Ringwald is 52. Actor Ike Barinholtz from The Mindy Project and other very popular projects of things that he's done. Yes. He's 43. Do you know Ike at all? Uh, we we crossed your improv. We crossed paths a couple times at Improv Olympic, yes. I figured you must have. Yes. Because his career's been on a yes. steady climb. I, I never so. actually performed with him on stage, but we were. Well, you must have bumped into him in the yes, hallway or something yes, we, because we, your magic has rubbed off on him and he is taken Countless off people. Countless then. people. And singer Dennis DeYoung of the legendary band Styx is 73 years old today. We lived happily forever. So the story goes, but somehow we missed out on the pot of gold, but we'll try best that we can to carry on. Ah, one of the great voices. Rock. Dennis DeYoung from Sticks. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And you know it's Tuesday, and around here it's a special day because we take a look at one of your favorite TV theme songs and we tell you all about it in TV Tune Tuesday. Here we go. You know what day it is. It's TV Tunes Tuesday. On today's Ralph Report. You like that, Eddie? I like that yeah, one. Yeah, I knew you would. <laughs> Today's theme song was called by Time Magazine, no less an auspicious magazine than Time mm. Magazine, as one of the most memorable TV theme songs of all time. Now, they noted some of the lyrics might not make sense to those older than the age of 10, but the song is still awesome. And Vanity, Vanity Fair Magazine also said that the theme song absolutely sticks in your head. The phenomenon known as the earworm can be 
encapsulated with this theme song. Jesse loved it growing up, and he called in, made a request. Hey, Ralph. Uh, this is Jesse from Long Beach. Um, I just wanted to request a uh, TV show tune for TV Tunes Tuesday. Um, it's uh, one of my favorites. Um, I grew up in the 80s and the 90s, and I really love this song. And I really would love for you to explore it. Um, it's from one of my favorite cartoons as a kid. It's from DuckTales. And I was hoping you could do a TV Tunes Tuesday on it, especially because I feel like it shares a lot of similarities with um, Hall and Oates. So I just want you to see if you could explore some of that. Anyway, thanks. Love you. Mean it. Bye. DuckTales, the beloved Disney TV series. I miss DuckTales. You like, miss DuckTales? I was, it was right past me. Wow. I was G.I. Joe and He-Man and Transformers, and DuckTales was sort of like on the tail end of that. But I was flipping around watching cartoons, yeah. and even DuckTales infected me. Certainly yeah. the theme song. I watched it a couple times, but yeah, I was never big into DuckTales. No one can say DuckTales without going, afterwards. <laughs> yeah, never. it wasn't, it wasn't oh, mine. DuckTales. I missed it. The DuckTales theme song was written by Mark Mueller. Uh, Mark is an award-winning pop music songwriter, by the way. He's worked with a ton of big-name artists, but he also writes for television and film and stage. He was paid just a little over $1,000 to write the tune, but it was so successful that they also asked him to write the tune for uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, which was also a memorable Disney theme song as well. The song was sung by a guy named Jeff Pischetto. Now, Jeff was asked by Mark early on to cut the demo version of the Disney song. And Disney liked it, but they had already made a deal with the pop group The Jets to perform the theme song for broadcast. Remember The Jets? Yeah. It was like a family group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. So they had them record it. And then when Disney listened to it, they said, nah, that other guy was better. So they had to go back and pay him again to record the actual (laughs) version. It is the stuff of legend. If you grew up in the 80s, then you know the DuckTales theme song. As I mentioned, you can't hear it without going, Now, the connection to Hall & Oates, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But for uh, for right now, here's Jesse's request for TV Tunes Tuesday, the theme from DuckTales. Life is like a hurricane in Duckbird. Race cars, lasers, aeroplanes. It's a duck blur. Might solve a mystery. Jeff would also be asked to sing Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers theme song, the Darkwing Duck theme song, and the theme for the Disney afternoon on Disney Channel itself. As far as the um, similarity to a song by Hall & Oates, a lot of people have noticed that. Hmm. At the beginning of the DuckTales theme song, if you'll hear the uh, intro, you, you hear this. Life is like a hurricane in Duckbird. 
Now, does that synth and bass line remind you of any Hall & Oates It's very song? familiar sounding. There's a song called You Make My Dreams Come True by Hall & Oates. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm going to play the intros back to back, okay? Here's DuckTales. Life is like a hurricane in Duckburg. Here's Hall & Oates, You Make My Dreams. Now, Jesse, you're not the only one to notice the similarity between those two songs. Not just the intros, but the entire song itself. Really? It's very reminiscent. <laughs> and so if you go online, you can find yourself the mashup. Here it is. The DuckTales, <laughs> You Make My Dreams, Hall & Oates mashup. Enjoy. Did anything ever happen, like legally or no anything? No lawsuits, nothing. nothing. What's Hall & Oates going to do? I know. Sue Disney? Well, they don't need the money. They're Hall & Oates. Well, Huey Lewis went up to Ray Parker. That's true. I mean. Huey Lewis is a dick. Apparently. No. I don't know anything about <laughs> Huey Lewis. I'm sure he's fine. Jesse, thanks so much for calling in and asking for that one. A lot of people out there remember that fondly from their childhoods. And that is today's TV Tune Tuesday. Here we go. You know what day it is. It's TV Tunes Tuesday. On today's oh, I like that one. All right, that's it for today's show. Come on back tomorrow. It is a Wednesday. And here on uh, the show on Wednesdays, we always... Um, on Wednesdays, we uh, we always take a look at... One Hit Wonder? You got that right! We take a look at a one-hit wonder. Didn't know if I was going to be able to I do that. You got it, that, though. You got it. But I'm healing up. I'm starting to feel pretty, pretty Pray good. Pray Shizmu. Yeah, that's right. Pray Shizmu. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, Steve Ashton will be stopping by as well with his uh, UK update before the live one that we get on oh, yeah. Friday. Who knows what's going to happen? That's always an experience. His live UK update is an experience. Depends on how much vodka is available. <laughs> Try to keep him to beer before the show, but we do the best we can. All that and so much more tomorrow. We're going to have fun, but it's just not as much fun without you. Please join us, won't you? Praise Shizmu. <laughs> Love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye. <laughs>